Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. We are delighted to welcome back into the studio today somebody that we had on a couple of years ago. Actually, I don't even remember how long ago it was now. This is Kat Webb. Kat originally came to us talking to us about her very fascinating zone of operations around the deathy biz. (laughs) And now Kat has just launched a brand new project, uh, the Crossroad Community House, and we've brought her back to tell us all about it. Welcome, Kat. Thank you for having me back. Yay! And this is is a joint thing, because this is an outgrowth of, of your... Uh, blossom. This is true. Co-housing? Was Things overlap, co-housing? as they tend to when you build a web, as we do yeah. through all the different guests that we have on so our show. So this is very webby today, if it's you'll pardon the pun. Yes. Literally cat webby. Literally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and a blossom co-housing webby. Yeah, so we launched our fir- we've got our first blossom co-housing house. Uh, Kat, you were so patiently <laughs> waiting and manifesting in the wings, waiting for a location that was the right location to open up and to to come together. And this happened so fast <laughs> when it finally happened. Well, if you don't count all the years of patiently well, holding the, that's the, the thing. blueprint for yeah, it, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we, you and I both in our own zones were holding the vision of what it needed to look like, mm-hmm. what were going to be the signs of when it was actually time to move. And when it happened, we were on it like white on rice. (laughs) It was was so fast. Like, um, I think I got the notice the week before the end of January that, like, I was going to be taking possession of this, like, massive home for February (laughs) 1st. And, like, you, you have to understand that my house, like, my previous house was, a, like, a little tiny laneway home um, that my daughter and I were staying in. And um, basically, like, I could fit my entire house in my living room now, yeah. like my previous home. And so it's, it's a very big change in a very short amount of time. Like, what, this is the first week of February now? Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, this is all eminent. This has all happened in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. We have pulled everything out. We have, you know you know, tapped our, our divine team um, to, to, like, get all of this happening in such a short amount of time. But it's been brilliant. Like, um, I've had people come through the house and be really impressed with, with what we put together so far. And, you know, we've only had it for two weeks. I've already got interest in, like, booking, you know, rooms and, you know... Meeting space. Meeting spaces. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so for people who aren't familiar with yeah. what we're talking about and who perhaps haven't heard Rebecca's earlier discussions about what Blossom co-housing is about. Um, there is a term called co-housing, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is has a has a common uh, definition as uh, people um, owning their own space within a larger community collective, mm-hmm. um, and that's not what this is. This we, so this is a different definition for it, and maybe we want to talk a little bit about what that is, and and maybe a, a summary of what your dream was when when you were planning to set all of this up and how this is the manifestation. And when Luca's saying you, she's pointing at 
Rebecca. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm pointing Which, at Rebecca because you started the, right. the whole idea. And Kat is a perfect person to um, manifest it and make it yeah. live yeah. In, yeah. in the real world the way you have been in your house. Mm. So co-housing in the definition that you're describing, Luca, is probably the accessible definition, you could say, through a majority of the world, where people would go into buying a home together, sharing a home, setting things up, having some individual space and some overlap. In Vancouver, <laughs> where it's almost impossible to get into the, the market of buying a house, yeah. we're using the term a little more loosely in terms of choosing to share housing together, especially in a larger home where you do have an individual bedroom space, you may even have enough space in the home that you could have your own office or something like it depends on the space. But a lot of the living space is shared. And there is varying degrees to which you share your life or tasks or meals or, or gardening space or yeah. yeah. And so what that looks like really comes down to the group of people and what they decide together rather than being <laughs> dictated by anybody else. Um, but this is where we've sought to go um, with this Blossom co-housing project. And that's the result of me having done my own experiment on my own life with my kids out of desperation. Um, almost, wow, five and five, just over five years ago. And um, taking a, one of the really big houses in Vancouver that was not being rented. It was in not great condition, um, but in a great location, great bones of a house, an old, big old house. And moving in, as Kat, as you just described, not enough furniture for the space mm-hmm. at all. Not even enough furniture for one room, really. Mm-hmm. And then and rattling needing around. Fixing up. Needing fixing up. Rattling around in the space with the intention of renting out other rooms, building my business there, inviting other people to build their businesses using some of the meeting room spaces, etc. And it thrived. It caused me to have space to grow. It caused my children to grow in much more stability than they would have. And when I reached a point a couple of years ago where I realized other single moms were struggling, of course, with the same, it, it doesn't get better here. <laughs> it's only gotten worse. So my, my, my crazy experiment worked could it work for other people? And that's where the Blossom Co-Housing Project was born, was an effort to let's take this and make it like a blueprint, an infinitely alterable blueprint, blueprint, but let's support other mums or single parents to access something similar and what would they like to grow in it? So Kat has been, you've been alongside me for many years now, witnessing even some of my growth in my home, mm-hmm. and you're, you've got your own business, You've got a, a kid, you need more space, but not for yourself. It's for the creations that you crave to build. So why don't you now, I'd love, Kat, would you please share what your vision is for what you want to do with the space now that you've got it? So I'm going to start with the reason why I want the space first real quick, because mm-hmm. um, in my story, the, there's a piece that needs to be um, understood, which is I am a solo parent um, who does not have... Um, a community here in Vancouver um, other than the friends that I've made along the way, you know, including you folks. Um, But here, I've also become disabled. Um, I've fallen a number of times and I'm um, basically at a point where I, my body will not allow me to pack up all of the things that I need to create a workshop at someone else's place and then get those things into my car across town into their space in set up and then taken down back into my car back into my space so 
that right there makes the type of work that I do as a facilitator of um, a lot of different types of workshops, including like grief and speaking to children about really complicated situations and, you know, uh, homeschooling discussions and, you know, all of these different pieces that I bring to the work that I do, including, you know, art facilitations and group, um, you know, terror readings and all of the things that I do as, as a high priestess. You know, in trying to find a stable space to do that in, it's been so hard to offer my full set of services anywhere here in Vancouver. So I really knew that I needed to be able to work out of my home. So I tried building my business online. And unfortunately, online is kind of hard because you don't always get the opportunity to meet the people and you don't know if you drive well together. And so people don't want to necessarily buy those types of skills online. I knew that I needed a place in my home where I could work, but like I said, I was living in this like little tiny, tiny laneway home, home, laneway home in somebody's backyard. And so like literally my space was very small. There was not space to do this in my home. There was only space for like two guests at a time. It was just really a problem. So now I'm in this big, huge house, you know, you know, flash forward two weeks, like literally let's, let's timeline. <laughs> I know, two right? weeks, um, <laughs> two weeks. Now I'm in this space and I'm like, whoa, like all of these things that I've wanted to, that have been inside of my brain are now able to be put onto a calendar and people can come mm. and put their butts in a on a comfy couch and like and and I don't have to upheaval what little energy I have to to just get to the event mm -hmm. to just make it there it's like whoa I can have people come to my space which is in a very accessible location and people can come and they can be comfortable and they can have tea and it will be great and we can talk about the things that we want to talk about because like, yes, I do grief workshops and stuff like that, and I do all of these, like, high priestess workshops and spirituality things, but really, the thing is, is that I don't want it to be just my space. Mm -hmm. I want other people to come and use this space. So we're making sure that it's going to be, like, accessible as much as possible. We're going to make sure that it's scent reduced as much as possible so that people can come and feel like it's a space that they can come and enjoy a workshop in without all of the things of having to travel to, like, a, 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 a place where you have to sit on, like, stackable chairs that are, you know, uncomfortable and squeaky and... You know, it's going to be comfy. It's going to be cozy. It's going to be a <laughs> when place it where we can have these so conversations. From from what you're talking about in terms of all of your offerings, that and and I know this from the work that I do, that trust is such a huge component of it. Mm. And if you do something with people online, and they're in a place of compromised trust, right? Their trust has been betrayed in, in one or many different situations along the way for them. If they can come into your space that you've set up with this in mind, all of that increases trust, right? Yeah. It builds the trust in community, and that's part of what you're doing as a high priestess. Yes, it's it's this it's the holder of the space. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. that's the reason a sacred why, space, right? And that's the reason why you know when Rebecca came to me and said, "What do you want your title to be?" I said, "I want my title to be curatrix, which is." Basically, I'm the curator of this space. I'm not the, the person who has the power over anybody. I'm the person who is, is curating the space, is 
holding the space to make sure that we can blossom because that's what the whole point of this project is mm. is blossom co-housing mm. and so i feel like this is such a beautiful metaphor for what's happening at this space and i'm labeling my house the crossroads community house because i want it to be a community space for people who may not have ever felt held before always mm. felt at a crossroads always felt in transition you know and i want to make sure that specifically you know like as you know, a lesbian, I want to make sure that this is a com queer community space. I want to make sure that it is held as an intergenerational queer sober space because in Vancouver, we don't have any sober spaces for queer events. A lot of our queer events are tailored towards partying and, and that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, having tea and stuff is nice too. Um, you know, there's, there's it's another facet of being human. Exactly. Right? And so, you know, I feel like there's been this overemphasis on like partying and queer culture for a long time and there's a lot of people in Vancouver that I've spoken to that are like we just need a place and so I would like my house to be that type of place where people can just come and have tea and even if it's not like a workshop people can just feel comfortable to come access some resources or like just sit down and, and have a chat with us you know I just want it to feel like it's more than just my house I want to feel like it's it's the community space for, for that's lacking right now. Mm -hmm. So in in this space mm -hmm. that you now have, yeah. this this pregnant with possibility yes. space, um, what is it that you have available now? So you and your daughter are living in this space, mm -hmm. um, and so what yeah, that you take up? Mm -hmm. How many how many rooms within the space? Okay, well, we take up two of the of the primary bedrooms. There yeah. are there's a major there's a major suite in the basement mm -hmm. and then there's a smaller room in the basement. Mm -hmm. And I'll get back mm -hmm. to that room in a minute mm -hmm. because we have big dreams for that little room. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, and then there's a larger room in the basement that we're hopeful we could get like maybe a queer business um, up and running in that space. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure maybe somebody out there who's listening needs a place and they can come see it. It's mm -hmm. it's a beautiful space. Yeah, so they don't necessarily yeah, they don't have to live yeah. in this space, but they could use that space for their business needs or meeting needs or whatever. Creating needs or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that space like any number of possibilities. And then upstairs there's another two bedrooms that are available. So, you know, we're taking up two bedrooms in like a six bedroom house and this house has a pool. <laughs> it has a tennis court. It has it's a basketball. On a, right net. on a major it's, bus line. It's it's on two major bus lines. It's it's great. So I mean there's so many good things about this space that were not accessible when we were living in somebody's backyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I so many opportunities are now available. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's a lot of lack. Again, there, what I'm addressing is the lack of things that I've witnessed in the queer community here in mm -hmm. Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So there's not really anything for trans youth under the age of 14. Mm -hmm. You know, generally they start advertising for events like 14 and up and so there's a Do lot what of happens to people when they're under 14 and so like we want to have a trans kids play space we want to have you know trans kids pool parties you know like we want to make sure that there's a that that the gaps that i've identified in what i wanted to see in vancouver's queer community um 
are addressed because I know that I'm not the only person who's feeling this way about like, well, where do we where do we take our kids? Like, what do we do? Um, so like, you know, there's things like the trans swim and that's great. But like that's for like two hours. Um, yeah. So and where like, do they meet before or yeah, after? Exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. like just not even not even like. Yeah, there's there's just a lack of what needs to be avail- available to these and you're children aware and these of it. families. Like you're really firsthand yes, aware of absolutely it. Absolutely, I'm firsthand so aware of this. You really know what to provide, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it wouldn't get tweaked down the road with more people's input, but this I would is love, really a great yeah. solid beginning. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. I would love community input. I would love to have this be like a thing that is run by not just me, not mm-hmm. just held by me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I chose my title very carefully as curatrix. Mm-hmm. I'm here to curate the people who, and, and the, the place and hold the space mm-hmm. so that everybody can flourish, so that everybody can blossom. Absolutely. So tell us more. Why don't you go? Because you started going through the rooms of the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us what you envision. And we know that even as you describe this, you're not saying these are the boundaries of what's possible for the space. Yeah. But it's the invitation. It's it like is the, the invitation. Yeah. yeah. And the infrastructure in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So ideally, I'd like each of those suites or rooms or whatever to be, you know, held by queer people, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to actually make it a queer um support system um, for each other in the in the people who are who are living in the house permanently and I would like it to be you know welcoming I would like it to be that they can feel like they can use the space to teach classes or whatever they want um, you know but there's there's some specific pieces that I really am excited about and we're not quite there yet but the little room in the in the in the basement it's not even like that small like, I think it's like a nine by nine room. It's just a humble room. It's just a humble room, okay? And it's it's quite perfect in what it is, but I want that room to be sponsored by an organization. I would like that organization to understand that there are queer youth who are aging out of the system. There are queer youth that are homeless. You know, I would like that space to be sponsored. So, so that when we say aging out trans- of the system, that's aging out of the foster care system, yes. right? Yes, yes. And so, like, I'm just I'm just spitballing ideas here. But, like, mm-hmm. I would like that space to be donated by an organization so that that room is held as a safe space for somebody who is in a temporary crisis situation where they need the structural support of a family community right now. Like they're transitioning. Yeah, they're transitioning. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to be a safe space for mm-hmm. that. And I want there to be... Um, the availability for when it's imminent and I don't want it you know necessarily rented Mm -hmm. to like somebody who's just there I want it to be held as as a safe safe space because there's so much there's so much lack I'm I'm envisioning it like a womb it is yeah Yeah, like almost in womb colors you know yes oh yeah we're painting it totally (laughs) yeah we're totally painting it Yeah. yeah But yeah, it's it's such a beautiful space and it's so cozy in there and I was like, "Oh, this needs to be this needs to be a transitional like healing space for somebody who needs to to have that break, that that space to like just catch their breath yeah. and realize that their seed is flying through the air and like it's going to plant and it's going to blossom somewhere, mm. but like we're holding you right now and while the you're world, in that. It can be yeah. a, in pockets a safe yeah. space, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a safe place from which to access resources, 
to help get your head have clarity where you want to go next. Yeah. Yeah, instead of just being blown by the wind. So so those other bedroom spaces, mm-hmm. are you envisioning that another solo parent will come in there with their child? Or or is that um, is it also open for potentially two single people who could come into the space? I would really love to live with another single parent. I think that would be delightful. Because um, I remember yeah. Rebecca talking about early on in yeah. this um, Blossom Co-Housing uh, dream space yeah. was about... Um, like more than one solo parent being able to receive the support and presence for their child if they're called away or that kind of thing that that, that's it's collaborative one of the hardest things as a solo parent as a you know whether it be as a mom or a dad whatever you are is that there is a lack of community and infrastructure when you've got two folks in the home that are responsible for the kid you can trade off if you need to on your own it's a lot to carry so even just having a couple of parents in the home even if it's not set up as a like explicit um sharing of babysitting or whatever there's just you're in a contained safe space the knowledge that there's another adult there that Mm -hmm. you could go take a nap you could go pop to the store you can take a crisis evening if you need to and your kid is still there not far away but there's another adult that's around it makes such a difference i really believe it will make such a difference i think it's i think it's a beautiful dream and i would love 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 if another solo queer parent is out there uh you know if they need a space i would love that that Mm -hmm. would be amazing because here's the thing like even in you know my my advertising for for the roommates that i'm trying to call in i'm like i would like you to be like anti-types you know <laughs> like i would like you to be like you know you know and not a-n-t-i no, but a-u-n-t yeah why yeah yeah because there is children present yes and so therefore to be ready and enjoy the the company of children rather than because i mean we got to be honest not everybody wants to have kids up in their space and that's okay then that's totally fine choose other (laughs) yes absolutely but this is the thing is that my child is very exuberant you know children are children are amazing but like in in part of the dream for this house is is to make sure that that children like my child um, who who are you know non-binary that they have spaces that are you know for Safe, them respectful yeah for fun. them yeah yeah and so you know like I'm not gonna have my kid be quiet all the time in the house <laughs> because one of the roommates is is unhappy you know so I need the person the people who want to to live there not the people who come for workshops but the people who live there mm-hmm. need to understand that like I'm actually trying to build a community mm-hmm. like a real community people who solidarity. want to be. yeah mm-hmm. solidarity support sisterhood whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it you know mm-hmm. but yeah that that sort of vibe mm-hmm yeah. The sharing vibe. Yeah, the sharing vibe. Are there any sort of guidelines around people with pets? Oh, yes. Because I know for some people, allergies are a really big thing and they can't necessarily do animals. But I know a lot of people who are feeling emotionally vulnerable have animals because that helps them hugely to be able to cope with the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really great question because that's actually something that's very present. I actually just had my allergy tests last month and um, I'm really allergic to dogs and cats and horses. <laughs> so obviously no, no horses, horses in the living room. No <laughs> horses in the living room, please, and thank you. Um, although you could probably put one in there, 
no horse or pouches or anything. No, Um, but but um, I think if people had friendly snakes or had lizards, (laughs) I would be down with that. Not not fur animals. Yeah, not fur animals and not Mm -hmm. not bird animals (laughs) apparently either. So Um, frogs are okay. Frogs are are fine. Yeah, and And turtles. You can have turtles. Turtles would be cool. Yeah. So no. Yeah, no pets in this zone. Um, but that means that people who might come into the house might also find some relief if they've had to yeah. share spaces with pets before. And mm-hmm. also, because I want to keep the workshop space as accessible as possible, you know, like chemical fragrances and scents and stuff like that, we're going to ask people to not um, enter the space if yeah. they're wearing, like, perfume or a lot of hairspray or whatever. If we can smell it, then then we're going to ask you to maybe refrain from entering. Um, but, yeah, it, that's part of the reason also why. It's not just my allergies, but it's also... So I want the workshop space to be available um, for the majority of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But thank you for asking because I totally wouldn't. Well, because I know that that. Rebecca's space is is different that way. Mm -hmm. She's got lots of pets around. And Mm -hmm. so it's a very pet friendly space. Yes. Mm -hmm. So and they're next door to each other. Yeah, exactly. There's a need for all of it. Right. That's the thing. And so it's more about the clarity of what one is and then people who need that they get to come and and access that um so tell us about the workshop space what kinds of things would you love to see happening there oh my goodness i met somebody the other day who said that they want to do makeup tutorials um for for male to female transitions and i think that that is just beautiful i'm like Mm -hmm. yes please come and use the space to do makeup tutorials because like as as female identified and female bodied human being here, you know, um, I still don't know how to do makeup. <laughs> I so, didn't like, get, I, I didn't learn from my mama. Yeah. So so I think that like it, I think that these things are like things that not everybody thinks about, but mm-hmm. they are so desperately needed by our community. Um, and those are like I said, those are the gaps that I want to start. Um, Fixing, um, I want to have conversations, obviously, because of my work and my my death education stuff. I want to have discussions around queer aging. How how do we age in place as queers? Because unfortunately, a lot of queers get um, shoved back into the closet at the end of life mm. um, because the the care situations are not ideal. So how do we address those things? Mm. You know, those are the conversations that I want to start opening up with the community. Um, you know, obviously, I'm going to keep doing my, you know, home funerals and stuff like that. I'm going to keep doing all of those types of workshops. But because I have a space that I can set up as a ritual space, I want it to reflect that part of my personality as well. I'm going to start hosting regular rituals, regular community events. And, you know, um, our first event is going to be not your Valentine, a holiday, uh, a Halloween holiday. Um, <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a Halloween party on Valentine's Day at the house, and it's going to be great. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's going to so be great. Brilliant. So, so for those of you just joining us, we're talking to Kat Webb today, who is a curatrix of Crossroad Community Home. And uh, and we, Sorry, we've got I'm, sign language I'm, going on I'm here. I'm miming back our, and forth saying I table. think it's time for us to what to listen to one of your songs. Let's do that. Which one would you like to pick? Uh, glow up. Glow up. Okay. Do you want to tell us before or after we listen to this song? Why you chose it? Um, I chose it because of the lyrics. Obviously, um, the lyrics are: I plant my seeds and I water them so they grow. I shine my light so I can reap what I sow. And I think that that's just perfect because this is the first spinoff 
of of what you created at the House of Dreams for the Blossom Co-housing project. Mm -hmm. Now, I do need to say it's explicit. Yes. So anybody, Mm -hmm. if you have sensitive ears and you don't want to hear any swear words, close them now. Um, I tried to find a radio-friendly version, and unfortunately it doesn't exist. So we're giving the forewarning, there shall be some swears in this song. Um, But let's listen to Glow Up, and it is by Oshun. Oshun. Sorry, I didn't say it right. Oshun. That this here grinds not for show. The life that I'm living is the mother right that I'm given. See, I'm in tune with the rags and the riches. Cause I've been here since before the beginning. Swimming in water that only exists. On levels higher than wickedness. I floated the focus from heating the brick. By floating in lotus and healing the sick. All the little shorties coloring on the floor Expressing who they really truly are at the core And now we at war with ourselves and the pressure Losing touch with our ancestors Thinking that our body only lives in the dresser Every version of how we feel must be censored I was that girl one time in my life But now I got it back and I made that shit right Overstand that my hands were created to heal So watch as I whip and I chef every meal uh, The deal's coming at major velocity I got protection or we should be watching me I can't be touched by the hate or hypocrisy Glow up is coming with heat and ferocity I plant my seeds, then water them so they grow. I shine my light so I can read what I sow, yeah. So when you see me stacking paper and dough, you'll recognize that this year grass not for show. 
You're listening to Essential Conversations. And before we dive back in with Kat Webb, our guest today, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the Tsleil-Waututh. And I say that, we say that every week, we say that on every program, hopefully, here at CGSF, because it's meant to anchor us into a remembrance of who was here first, whose voices know the history of this land, whose traditions sustained this land for millennia, and to consciously align myself, ourselves, with honoring that and seeking to listen to that and seeking to, to support the space that they should be occupying with their voices, with that knowledge. And wisdom. And wisdom. So we just listened to, now i got to remember the name, Ocean Song Glow Up. Yeah. Oshun, sorry. Oshun, I, Glow Up. Not yeah. ocean, like the waves, but Oshun. <laughs> that was really, really good. I can see why you've got that as your theme yeah. for the this house. Is, this is my theme for totally. the house. Totally. Yeah. Kat was just saying it along. We were just, um, we didn't know the words, so we were just like, yeah! <laughs> So Kat is with us. Kat is the curatrix of the Crossroad Community Home that is being built out in the Carisdale, Marpole, Oak Ridge area of Vancouver. And um, I picked a PSA there that was the Crow Funeral one, and it ended up being kind of perfect. Well, first of all, it was crows. Second of all, funeral. Both of these things speak to me of my dear friend Kat, who's sitting here besides us. Now, we've had you on the show before, where you've talked about um, your essence, your work, and all of that rolls into, you've hinted at it a bit with what you're talking about creating through Crossroad Community Home, but I'd love to invite you to go a little bit deeper into that, if you wouldn't mind, for people who may not have heard the other interview and to, to root people into who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So, um... I've always been that kid who sees and deals with the ghosts. And uh, so when I was 15 years old, I found out that there was a word for it. And it's a Greek word. And the word is psychopomp. And um, when I found that word, I was like, oh, okay. And that was my penny drop moment. And I was 15. And I was dealing with a lot of stuff at that time. And what I didn't really understand was that I was a psychopomp. And I didn't understand that that the spirits of the ancestors were coming to me and asking for healing. I didn't have a, a context for any of my experiences back then. So my body of work has been basically researching all of this stuff, finding out that I'm not alone, finding out that there are many, many, many other people who are doing it, but they think that they're crazy and they're actually not. It's just something that we in our death phobic society don't want to talk about, don't want to deal with, and pretend that, you know, like we're not actually experiencing what we're experiencing. Or we're even afraid yeah. to, for it to be real. Exactly. Right? And so what we've done is we've pathologized, my apologies, mm -hmm. um, what, what, this, what this calling, what this gift is. And so a lot of my body of work is built on the fact that there are people cross-culturally who have been called emotionally, psychologically, spiritually to do this work. You know, we call them shamans in some cultures. You know, um, I, I prefer the term priestess um, because that feels right to me without being culturally misappropriative. But like this work has existed throughout time and it's only now 
in our death phobic society that it's really taboo to talk about. So that's a big part of my work is talking about um, ancestral traumas and how those ancestral traumas are actually playing out in the here and now without our consent and how we can clear those ancestral lines of trauma by witnessing and healing the grief that is attached to our ancestral storylines and going forward in a good way. And so a lot of my work is about helping people transition from those ancestral storylines into the here and now storyline of what is it as an individual do you want to do with this sacred moment that you're being offered? And that's a lot of what my work is about. So it's healing and clearing. It's healing and clearing. Mm -hmm. And so the work that I do isn't just actually death, death. Um, my, my work centers around divorce, endings, um, you know, any sort of transition, um, deciding that you are trans and, and understanding that, that you need to go through, you know, a whole rebirth of identity you know there's grief in that process even though it's a beautiful unfolding process you know for, it's also for, letting go right well for a caterpillar to become a butterfly it must completely dissolve itself <laughs> into a pile of goo, goo. and then re yeah. reform yeah and so that is kind of a messy process filled with <laughs> grief and change and loss but also beautiful awakening moments mm -hmm. and beautiful and hope hope mm -hmm. and and the amazing fulfillment of self and so i hold space for all of those types of deaths that mm -hmm. are not actually deaths um so yeah that's a large part of what i'm going to be doing at the house is offering that space that i hold as a high priestess um to the community at large through a variety of different ways because mm -hmm. In me having to build a, an online business, I had to kind of be a one-trick pony, and I and I focused really heavily on my death and transition work. Now that I have a house, um, I can build more of my personality into my offerings. I can be more than just a one-trick pony. I can be my high priestess self. I can be my mom self. I can be my you know deathy self, and mm -hmm. I can and I can I can hold all these different pieces of myself. And and allow that to flourish and blossom. There is literally more room yeah. for all of you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it won't just be for you and for your child. It will be for the people who also feel called to come and join in the space. Because mm -hmm. that invitation is for them as well mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. enter into a co-living where they also have access to the space to be able to explore their offerings to try them out mm -hmm. without without loss right? right without having to expend more money somewhere else or you know and with the support of community around them yeah mm -hmm. yeah the house is going to be full of caterpillars going to goo yes mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the thing and i'm and i'm there to hold that mm -hmm. you know while they're while they're in that liminal space and they're becoming imaginal cells what are we going to to create together like i'm willing to hold that transition for people I think it's time for your second song. Okay. Okay. So this is Ibeyi mm -hmm. Oya. Mm -hmm. And would you like to tell us before or after why you picked this one? Okay. Um, I can tell you now. Oya right. is um, very, she is the spirit of the crossroads. Oya is the, the Orisha who, who holds the space of the crossroads and the change. And this song speaks to me in such a deep way of what I, as a high priestess, am here to do, of what I 
hold space for the 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 energy that is needed to go through that rebirth the tenacity the badassery the braveness the the spirit calling you know that you know that you need to push through this and that is what Oya is. She's the goddess of all of those pieces of change and evolution that our society has. And so Oya is a big part of my heart and a big mm. part of this house. And how do you spell Oya? O-Y-A. O-Y-A. I'm tweeting out some of these definitions and links to things as you refer to concepts and names, etc., that are, may not be things people have encountered before. And if you want to, uh, listener, if you want to follow along, you can find us on Twitter at EssentialConv, that's spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V, and you'll find links both to the songs and to some of these concepts, and also, I'm sure, to Kat at the end of uh, this hour. So let's take a listen to your second song, which is by Ibeyi, and the song is Oya. And we will rejoin Cat Web here in the studio in just a few minutes.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca. And our guest today, who is Kat Webb, the curatrix of Crossroad Community Home. We just listened to Ibeyi's song, Oya. That was pretty inspiring. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you. It's always fun when our guests bring in new music that we wouldn't have encountered otherwise, which is pretty much all the time. And then I just get all these new songs in my playlist. <laughs> it's really cool. So, Kat, you had a couple of items for show and tell that you um, you had one picture of one and you just told us about another one. But both of them are collages that you've made, right? Yeah. Would you tell us why you chose those as your show and tells? Um, that's also something that I do as part of my high priestess work and manifestation is I create a lot of collage work um, to visualize and symbolize what I'm what I'm trying to build. And so one of the pieces that I sent to you is um, so I'm going to visually describe it. It looks like it's behind curtains and um, it's basically two women who are sitting at a table drinking tea in front of like this old mansiony type house. And then in the front of it, there's like a little picture of me because it's always important to put a little picture of the person that you want to have the visualization for. So this is this is a thing that I created about 18 months ago when Rebecca and, and I started talking about my involvement in the Blossom uh, housing program. And so I feel like it's been about a year and a half that I've been putting energy into this house. Actively putting it in. Actively putting it in. And so a lot of times um, what I'll offer to other people, which I couldn't offer before, but I can go back to offering now, is um, manifestation um, spaces. So basically doing artwork with intention. Doing artwork for the purpose of visualizing, but also manifesting. Like I've manifested a lot. I've gone from being completely bedridden and then creating a collage, and now my energy's back up and running, you know? And again, with this house. Um, the other piece that I wanted to bring today that I couldn't get sent for whatever reason last night um, is called Queer Titan Love. <laughs> and it's a, a circle. And again, it's just got words and stuff collaged on it. It's not really a visual collage um, other than it's got a lot of like art uh, with with the words and it's in the form of a poem. And we've put that actually on one of the bedrooms for the for the room that we've currently set up as a temporary like a short term transitional space for people, whether it's they're just visiting town, they just need a place, an in between place. But yeah, it's a nice cozy nook. Yeah. And so we've put it up in there and it looks really beautiful. And yeah, it's just bringing the energy of what we want to have in the space. Intentionally. Intentionally. Mm -hmm. Making it very visible, making it something that speaks to our soul, that speaks to our subconscious though as well. Like art we take in in a very different way than we take in a lot of other mediums. It's a very subconscious medium because it's something that we see passively every day and we may not actively go up to it and read the words on the collage, but at some point we have and we know that it's there and it's when like we peripheral go over, vision, right? And when we go over, we might catch one word and that one word might be the word that we need right now. So mm-hmm. a lot of my collage does have um, a poetry component to it. So those are sort of how how I've manifested 
a lot of these beautiful, amazing mm-hmm. opportunities in my life. And so that's something that I'd like to offer as well in the workshop right. space is, right. is so that other people the creation, can create those. The creation of these, yeah. yeah. And, and support, because some people yeah. may not consider themselves to be arty types, exactly. but they might like to create something like this. That's and so it. then if you show up with materials and inspiration and just encouragement... But that's the beautiful thing about collage. Collage is just yeah. fancy cut and paste. Yeah, exactly. Everybody can cut and paste. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to be an artist yeah. to cut and paste. Like, yeah. everybody can do it. So this is the thing. It's accessible. It, it's accessible. And it doesn't need to be art. You don't mm. have to think of it as art if that feels inaccessible to you. It's, you know, it's just really about building your dream. We've, I'm sure many people have had or made or heard of vision boards. It's along the same lines. It's just very specific. Specific and you know it's along the same lines it is it yeah. is it's it's just like that and so like it's really about whatever visuals connect with you mm-hmm. whatever draws you in to to consciously bringing that subconscious thing that you want your desire into the forefront it's just a reminder it's just a visual cue <laughs> that says yeah this is attainable Right now, it's a seed, but the seed will blossom at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and when it does, you have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember said, remember what you planted, right? Yeah, and that was the thing, is like this house, this this particular, the, the collage that I created about the house was created a year and a half ago, and then all of a sudden, you know, two weeks ago, it was like, oh, it's there's a ready. sprout. It's ready now, and that's yeah. how magic works. Some people think yeah. that, that magic is is something that's again inaccessible or you know taboo but really it's just about setting an intention and working towards it in large and subtle ways and so the subtle ways have been you know rebecca and i looking for houses rebecca Mm -hmm. and i having regular conversations on where we think the project should go Mm -hmm. you know rebecca Mm -hmm. and i having conversations about the house and like what we want to see in it and like those are little little tending to that little sproutling yeah you know It's like a little fertilizer shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a personal um, motto, it's amongst many, that is constant vigilance. The meaning of that being, if you know what you want, if you've been asking for it, if you've been calling for it, you have to be in a state of readiness because just like this came about really fast, you don't know when it could show up. And if you aren't ready you might miss the opportune time. It doesn't mean you miss the boat entirely because that's not really how this works. But I'll tell you what, it'll, go, it'll, it'll just floop together, that synchronicity, if you have a state of readiness. And that can be hard, especially for people who like advance notice, who want to do a lot of planning. I'm looking at you, Kat. I'm I know. so that person. <laughs> I'm like, how much notice can you give me? Oh my goodness, less than two. Okay, let's just go. Because and you just was, did it. The yeah. universe said it was time and I've been waiting. So we have about five minutes left mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people a lot of different kinds of people and scenarios that you'd probably love to hear from in mm-hmm. connection with this. Yeah. So why don't we go through who yeah. those people and those situations are and let's in- connect them yeah. with how they could connect with you. Okay, so let's start with how they can connect with me. Yeah. So my email is support at catweb.com and Rebecca will leave that somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, and tweeting it out. And so here 
are the people that I would like to connect with. I would like to connect with uh, queer solo parents that are looking to uh, live in the space potentially, um, queer couples who are looking to live in the space, queer individuals who are look looking to live in the space. I'm looking for connections with other trans uh, or parents of trans kids or trans parents, um, either way. Both of those things um, are, are those types of people. All the parents, all the kids come and, and do stuff. Um, the other people that I want to hear from are, are queer businesses who are looking for either to rent the, the large room in the basement or to do workshops in the space. Like I said, you know, makeup or, you know, whatever... Uh, Whatever gaps that, that folks are noticing in the queer community, like I have, like queer sober events, um, the, all of these pieces, these are the people that I want to hear from. I want to hear from queers that don't feel like they can connect into community events. I want to hear from those queers to tell me what they need to connect in. And maybe we can provide that. What will make it accessible yeah, for them. Exactly. <laughs> It's like there's so many barriers out there already to just doing an event, to doing a, a, an idea, to, to having space to plan or to create anything. And so anybody who is looking for that place of transition around the crossroads that you're facing, those are the people that I want to connect with. Because life is hard enough when we don't have these interconnected webs of, of community. And a lot of our community is in transition right now. This whole world actually is in transition. We were speaking about that earlier, is that this whole world is in transition. So it's time for us to come together and build these, these networks of support for each other. Because the governments in those kinds of places, they can only do so much and they've mm -hmm. got their own processes and not everybody fits within them. So if you're feeling like there's not a place for you, please come and talk to us and we will see if we can make this a place for you as well. And in the meantime, you're, you're furnishing this yeah. oh, wonderful yes. space. Oh, I would love to hear from right? people who have donations of furniture. Yeah. That Furn would be amazing. Furniture or resources. Or right? resources or, yeah, yeah because yeah. right now, like I said, I'd like to get that room donated in the basement. Mm -hmm. I would really love uh, an organization to step forward and just say, you know what, we love what you're doing here. We want to support this this space for this. We want to make that need. space possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. This is so, so exciting. It oh is. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so, it's, oh, so it's fertile. overwhelming and exciting and beautiful mm -hmm. and amazing and crazy and all the things all at once. And it's so, it's so uplifting to be able to have this space for myself, but also offer it in larger contexts because there's so much need. Yeah. There's so much need. Absolutely. And with that said, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah. Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo